This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Bucket List. I'm here with my co-host Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Why, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You know, it's okay. I, I'm breathing without allergies and I'm happy about it. Okay, good. So you're on a lot of antihistamines. You're going to fall asleep in the middle of recording. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it could go either way. Like it depends. Are the decongestants going to battle with the antihistamines? (laughs) Like, I don't know who's going to win, but it'll be interesting. We'll see. Okay. Well, my bet is on you'll stay awake just because... This episode in particular, I, you, I'm sure you've spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania, right? Uh, well, no. So okay, okay. Anything that's like Pittsburgh and West, like which is very close, and then my um, sister and no sister-in-law. Yes, that's what it is. Um, she's from Altoona area, so I've, I've been that okay. way a bit too. Okay, cool. But aside from that, not really, no. Altoona. I just read something about Altoona. Um, I was looking up actually on only in your state, um, a couple of like weird fun facts about Pennsylvania and maybe it'll come to me. Oh, the oldest gas station in the United States is in Altoona. Really? Yes. What is it? Um, it is a, Actually, I don't know. (laughs) It's uh, just a historic gas station. So funny enough, I never thought about gas stations that much. Who does? Until I met my sister-in-law because she and her and her friends were obsessed with sheets, which I I don't know if that's a Pennsylvania thing. And like maybe Eastern is Wawa. I don't know. But like there was very much a vibe of like, we love our gas stations. This is fantastic. Wawa was huge in um, South Jersey. And then we had Quick Check in Northern New Jersey, which was like the place to go for sandwiches. Don't think I know what that is. Very, I'll keep that in mind. Quick check. <laughs> yes. So Pennsylvania. Um, so this is season three right now. For anybody that is joining us for the first time, this is our state exploration challenge. We are talking about the most essential spots for any road tripper. And we've already covered Ohio and Michigan. We're rolling along into Pennsylvania. We've pulled our readers over at our only in Facebook pages. These are state-specific Facebook pages. Go check out if you haven't yet. Follow along. I think that's like the highlight of this season for me so far is the engagement that we've gotten from asking people like, hey, where should we be checking out? What should we be talking about? Yeah, it is great to see everyone um, commenting and having their own little discussions. And I absolutely love it. And yeah. it's given us a lot of great ideas, um, even for whenever we were doing Ohio, because I am a native Ohioan, there were some things that I just kind of forgot about and people suggested like, yep, absolutely right. So this is great. Thank you for participating if you did. And if you haven't yet, jump on in the discussion. Yeah. We'd love to see more. Yeah. I think um, for this one in particular, because I grew up in New Jersey, so we took a lot of trips to Pennsylvania. Actually, where I grew up was right on close to the border of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So oh, okay. yeah, very small town called Hackettstown. Um, 
And uh, so we were probably, I mean, exit 19 off the, you know, like. Didn't you say something was made there, like M&Ms or something? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like blow your spot if you're going to tell a story. That's, that's no, my bad. no, 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 no. That's great. That's <laughs> yes, M and M's. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So we were very close to Pennsylvania, so we took a lot of trips there. So a lot of the stuff that, uh, coincidentally, people were shouting out in terms of the most essential spots to visit are also some places that I visited. So can't wait to talk about. Prepping for an upcoming road trip? Need to refuel before you go? Check out Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier for an electrolyte option to keep your body hydrated and energized. You get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone in just one stick. Use it first thing in the morning, before hitting the hiking trails, after you've reached the summit, or on a long drive. There are 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Personally, I love the fact that I can hydrate faster with Liquid IV compared to other sports drinks filled with junk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code NOTYOURAVERAGEBUCKETLIST at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code NOTYOURAVERAGEBUCKETLIST at liquidiv.com. Do you want to kick us off on this journey and and start with your first essential stop in Pennsylvania? Yeah, sure. Uh, I might be, I'm not as familiar with the state as you are, but there are some things in the state that really excited me. Um, I do want to start by talking about the Frank Lloyd Wright house, Falling Water, which I love this kind of architectural design and even like the copycats. I've never been to a Frank Lloyd Wright house. I think there's actually one in our area or is inspired by something unofficial, but Falling Water is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's in Mill Run, Pennsylvania. And if you see the picture of it, you will recognize it immediately. It is that just like very much, um, what's the, uh, uh, it's not modern contemporary it's some style of architecture i'm I'm not even thinking of like mid-century modern but not really anyway it's beautiful it was designed in 1935 by frank Lloyd wright surprise for the kaufman family who owned uh pittsburgh's largest department store and this is one of his most well-known works and houses and it's just absolutely beautiful it's called falling water falling water because of the built-in waterfalls in the design and it's just like this modern contemporary concept that is just gorgeous and what I would do to live in this house um yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's just an absolutely beautiful spot and if you've never seen a Frank Lloyd Wright you're just gonna you'll fall in love with it even if it's not your style have you yeah. have you been and seen it I haven't no I haven't but it's definitely I feel like uh you know architecture is one of those things that we appreciate today but not as much as we did back then yeah not, you know like they don't make buildings like they used to, in my opinion, but. No, it always makes me, um, like my ideal place is either custom, like custom built by me or has so much history and character and I hope has ghosts, you know, like I, <laughs> like I want a story behind it and not just like a copy and paste McMansion kind of ideal, right. you know? Yes. So, and you don't no, get, I agree with that. don't get ghosts in new houses. That's, that's the downside. That's very true. 
That's very true. I don't know who's requesting ghosts other than you, Sarah, but <laughs> well, uh... anyway, walking along. Yeah. Um, my first step on this journey is a small town called Jim Thorpe, named after the athlete. And uh, I love I love a good small town. We know this mm. after our small town getaway season. I feel like I can definitely take a weekend, build an entire itinerary around just a small town. And yeah. I just love the vibe. I love that people are, you know, nine times out of 10, very friendly. And I've been to Jim Thorpe. This place was adorable when I went. And there's also a ton to do outdoors. This was the first time I went whitewater rafting was in the area. And um, it's just, there's a the Lehigh River Gorge nearby. People hike, they bike. It's just like a, a great spot to get outside. But then also you have Victorian architecture, mom and pop shops. It's just like kind of a, you know, all in one day trip weekend. Uh, and they even have festivals. There's a fall foliage festival because I would yeah. say right now is probably the time to be up there and go. Yeah. But uh, Jim yeah. Thorpe. Huh. I whenever I yeah. saw that on your list, I'm like, I, I don't know who that person is, but OK, <laughs> that is. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, he's an athlete. I want to say he uh, tr- I want to say track and field football. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Jim Thorpe, the first uh, Native American to win a gold medal for the United States in the Olympics. That's awesome. OK. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So very cute town. Highly recommend. Gotcha. My number one spot. Okay. So next, I would love to talk about, I think, the Thousand Steps Trail. That that stuck out to me as something you would want to attempt. Maybe not actually complete because that's kind of a challenging. Like, I feel, I feel like it doesn't sound that bad, but a thousand steps up a mountain, I mean... Uh, I'll probably get winded after 20 and don't kill myself. But so <laughs> I read that there were technically 1,037 steps. Not sure if that's true. I'm not going to count it myself, but. It doesn't um, quite have the same ring to it. No, but. no, it doesn't. It's not as marketable, right? Um, but it's in Huntington County near Mapleton. And it was built to be a, a way to um, commute to and from the uh, Gannister Quarry at the top of Jack's Mountain. So. They were using a different kind of um, transportation, and then that fell to the wayside, so they built this path. And my word, if I had to walk a thousand steps to and from, I'm not sure how that was even possible. So they um, were mining Tuscora quartzite, which is a type of sandstone, and basically uh they just yeah they had to find a way to get up and down without the dinky trains and they built these steps and that was a way they commuted to and from work but you can take this trail now um so there are trailheads that you just park at and can walk up um it's not really advised to do in the winter so maybe something like now when it's not slippery and dangerous because they are literally you know um these like sandstone steps that well I'm i'm not sure if they're the sandstone but uh the silica bricks i think 
possibly that they made the steps with but anyway um you can get amazing views but they're very slippery in the winter so go whenever it's a little bit safer there aren't any guardrails it's just a bunch of stone steps in the side of a mountain so um yeah it's straight up straight down kind of thing it's a meandering um incline but it is it does look somewhat challenging so um (sighs) yeah but it looks really cool um and it's just one of those things you can brag about if you take the thousand step trail that's cool. Yeah. I would definitely do that, even though I yeah. am, no surprise, afraid of heights. Um, but I do feel like that is something I would probably want to tackle. I mean, to... it's not like um, like Angel's Landing or any of these things where you're like right. looking over the side. It's just in a nice yeah. a mountainous area. Um, so yeah. I think you'll be all right. I know. You almost lost me at the no guardrails because that just is like, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> all right. So my next spot is Bushkill Falls, and this is a place that I used to go to when I was a kid that this was my probably my first foray into hiking and waterfalls. Okay. Um, my grandparents used to take my sister and I on these adventures during the summer. It would always be some random uh, something or other, a museum or uh, my grandpa one time took me on his scooter and we just found this random cemetery on a back road that was like hundreds of years old. And we just spent time walking oh, the cemetery. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. One of the places they took us to is Bushkill Falls. And I want to say this probably was like my first ever hike and maybe the place where I fell in love with hiking because Bushkill Falls has eight different waterfalls. Oh. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's, kind of a big deal and you can take different hikes throughout the park to see some hikes you'll see like three waterfalls some you'll just see one um but they have tons of walkways and observation decks so it's it's basically great for all ages um and it's just really fun to get out there and explore and just see have the chance to see eight different waterfalls in one go around I feel like yeah it's worth it no matter what age you are that's great yeah it's a, tons of stuff to see like waterfalls I don't know what it is it's, it's they're simple but so beautiful like around here we don't have that many um you know kind of like points of interest on trails it's like ah, oh, we did it and now we're back so that's great yeah. being a waterfall sounds like a dream yeah yeah it was a good time highly recommend 10 cool. out of 10 what about that cemetery? How was that? <laughs> that was actually great, surprisingly, yeah. uh, because we did go to get ice cream afterwards. So it was, mm. but plus, um, yeah, <laughs> no, it was just actually really fun to very very small historic cemetery that a lot of the weeds were overgrown, but we just kind of walked and read the different gravestones and. That's awesome. But fun memory. I used to, I I don't know why, uh, I used to like ride my bike through a cemetery in our town just because I feel like that was like the safest area to go. So I always spend time. And there is some of the sort of like quiet beauty of a cemetery, especially um, when there's so many like hedge gardens and things like that. So very cool. Yeah. So the next item on my list is the Pioneer Pioneer Tunnel Coal Mine. Um, So not sure if I would do this myself, I know we talked about uh, Seneca Caverns and uh, Carlsbad, not Carlsbad, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, you can ride 1,800 feet straight into a mountainside at oh. this Pioneer Tunnel. 
and and it's, so it's a horizontal drift mine and you can board one of the original mining cars and just basically yeah straight into the Manahoy mountain and um you can do a tour and there are a few different kinds you can do but it's like yeah you're in the like mine shaft so that is it's making my heart beat a little too fast right now but that is not for me however <laughs> it seems fascinating and if you wanted to experience you know these like what like 1920s narrow gauge steam locomotive for a three-quarter ride around the mountain you can do that as well which is like a three-quarter mile sorry uh right around the mountain so that's not as you know stressful you can like get outside and be on the steam train <laughs> instead of going straight into the tunnel um but yeah you can learn all about the mine and the history and what people had to do to you know actually access the mine and things like that and i don't think i i've ever been up in close with an actual um, historic mind. So I think it's fascinating that people did that and that was their way to make a living. And, you know, some still do that to this day. So wild, but it's a cute piece, not cute, but it's a cool piece of history that if you're interested, yeah, you can ride this own uh, train car and cross your fingers. <laughs> so. That's cool. That's kind of yeah. cool. I, I, I get what you're saying about it being stressful. Um, you know, just, I think that's something you probably think about later on in life when you're doing things like this versus when you're a kid, you're yeah. like, yeah, let's go in the mountain. But Absolutely. then logic sets in as an adult and you're just more concerned with your overall well-being, which. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also you're going into this train car, it's close quarters, it's dark, it's cold. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you can, you're going in with a guide and whenever you like take this car into the mine you get out and they do a little tour and teach you so it's not like you're in there alone right. however yeah that um <clears throat> that that kind of like claustrophobia is like develops later in life maybe i don't know yeah um, no, so just yeah it's like what, yeah it's yeah. one of those things where i grew up not caring about you know caves and quicksand and the Bermuda Triangle and earthquakes and then all of a sudden you're like oh no this is <laughs> this is the problem how am I going to avoid these things anyway I do right. think the uh the Pioneer Tunnel is a really uh neat historical thing you could do yeah cool okay um so switching gears my next one involves food and nice. the iconic Philly cheesesteak now, mm. I know there's, like, a huge rivalry. I know that people get, like, Pennsylvanians, so I would assume, um, they, uh, they have a, you know, like, I guess a gripe with people coming in and being like, oh, Pats or Genos, and because those, that was just the long-standing debate. And I'm sure now there are plenty of other cheesesteak places that you can go to. And it, it might even be a better experience. I don't know. But Pat's King of Steaks and Gino Steaks, this is a passionate debate in mm. Philadelphia that revolves around the Philly cheesesteak. And Pat's, who's the originator of the cheesesteak in the 1930s, is known for using thinly sliced ribeye and the iconic Wizwit, which is cheese whiz with onions. That's the topping. I learned then, about this recently, and that is wild to me. Okay, talk, tell me about Gina. Okay, I have so, so many for, questions. First, like, did, I don't know if you your childhood involved Cheese Whiz, did it? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like yeah. Cheese Whiz, Ritz crackers, you know. Absolutely. Um, so then you have on the other side Gino's Steaks, which is, it's literally these two places are located across from each other, like the original. Like on the street. 
Yeah. That was like the original, like, you know. Yeah. And so Gino's has like a very similar sandwich. Theirs is, is kind of thicker, a little bit heartier. And this is just like a huge rivalry that I don't know if, you know, I, I do think it comes down to personal preference because I'm sure that's just essentially what one is better than the other. I also don't know if it's just like the most genius marketing idea that's ever come to be right. where maybe idea that's ever come to be where maybe let's open up two rival stands and then just both will sell out. Um, but yeah, this is, this is. Okay. So, um, so how would you order your cheesesteak? I hear that's a thing. Like there's a, there's a way yeah. to do it and locals do it best obviously, but how, how would you order if you were to get one? I would probably try to make it as classic as possible okay. just to like start it out with, I would do the ribeye. I would probably do the cheese whiz with onions. I, see, for, cause for me, it's a little bit different growing up in New Jersey. Cause we had our big thing was sausage and peppers. Mm, so it's mm-hmm. like sausage, peppers, onions, a little bit of cheese, you know, and, and yeah. potatoes thrown in the mix. So I kind of would want to add some of that in, but I don't know if I'm going to get kicked out of Philadelphia. Anytime I, anytime I imagine a cheesesteak, I'm thinking, yeah, like some sort of like ribeye, but then like a white cheese. So like provolone or American or something. I, I, my brain breaks thinking of this Wizwit and like how you would order it. And because I, yeah, one of our coworkers, we were doing the uh, YouTube series of talk like a local. And, uh, she taught me all about Wizwit and I broke my brain. I, Mm. I still, I haven't even looked up a picture. I can't, I can't understand it yet. So, but I want to try that. I want to try the original. I want to order it the right way. Yes. I just want to give it a go. Yeah, same. Yeah. I I would love for anybody that's listening to this right now, please write in, text us, email us. We'll, we're leaving yeah. all, all of our details in the show notes. I want to know Pat's or Gino's or somewhere else because <laughs> we'll <laughs> always leave that door open. But Pat's or Gino's, Absolutely. just let us know and tell us why because uh, I really want to find out. Yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I had a cheesesteak, but it sounds amazing right now. I would, I would love one. Um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about Yingling. You're a, you are a connoisseur of fine adult beverages, are you not? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so do, do you enjoy Yingling? Um, I want to say for the purpose of this podcast, yes, but is <laughs> good. I don't know. I, I guess uh, it wouldn't be my first choice, but I did actually have a yingling a couple weeks ago after I was mm. done mowing the lawn because somebody we had a house party and somebody brought one over. Well, yeah. not just one. That would be weird. <laughs> Here's a singular <laughs> bottle of beer. Enjoy this. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Here's one bottle of beer. Um, so we had it in the fridge and I was like, and at first I, I like a good amber beer. There's something mm-hmm. about yingling that I think is a little sweet, but Maybe that's yeah. me. What about you? Do you like Yingling? So <clears throat> Yingling in Ohio was one of those, whenever I was like coming of age and growing up, it was like the, oh God, need to have, want to have. You can't get it in the state. You had to travel to go get it. Kind of like how, <clears throat> sorry, Coors was back in the day of like, oh, that's a Western beer. We can't get it. I mean, it's Coors. But um so yeah, people would always like really wanted it. My brother would and his college buddies would go get some and bring it back. And it's always a big deal. Not necessarily my thing. Uh, I am a little bit of a <clears throat> particular person when it comes to beer itself. So like I like 
you know, sour as goes as typical kind of thing. But um, it's okay. I don't mind it. I think it has great history. It's the nation's oldest brewery. So that's very cool. I would go visit. And it's in Pottsville, PA. So there is a museum, a gift shop, the brewery. You can take a tour. It was established in 1829. So it's been around for a while. Um, And yeah, it's uh, one of the largest craft breweries in the nation, if not the largest. So I would go and visit just for that reason. You know, it's not my style, but I would go and have a tasting. Why not? I think that would be cool. I think factory tours are cool no matter what. Even if, you know, you've been to a couple different beer factory tours, I always have a good time. Yeah. Because I've been to the Rogue Brewing in Oregon. I've done the Budweiser in St. Louis. But, yeah, I feel like it's always fun to just learn about different brewing techniques and yeah and they all do it a little bit differently and a different kinds of scale so i think it's really cool um but yeah in pottsville pa you can visit the yingling brewery cool awesome yeah okay so my next one happens to be uh hershey pennsylvania the chocolate capital Mm. of the world um this is this town so there's a town there's a park it's just like all in one go but the town is the birthplace of hershey's chocolate and um it's just fun i feel like it's if you have kids i would say definitely take them there's something about visiting hershey park as a kid that just like blew my mind because first of all you know even if you're not a chocolate fan there's tons of different candies there it's yeah it's like a you know like a lower level uh willy wonka chocolate factory kind of thing yeah without the disappearing children you just uh, (laughs) have tons of chocolate and fun um way more regulated um but uh it's just a fun amusement park and I don't know about how it is now but I know when I went you really could smell the chocolate which I think it was such a fun yeah do you think they they pipe that in like is it artificial chocolate smell or is it natural (laughs) yeah I don't know but that it just like made the whole experience and uh, you could go to, so go to Hershey Park, go to Hershey Gardens, go to the Hershey Museum. And um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, uh, I would love to hear from people that are, are in the area, if you could still smell the chocolate in the air, because <laughs> I need to That's know. awesome. Uh, I mean, that's genius marketing, if anything, if it's not real. So yes. Like how uh, Las Vegas casinos just like have all the perfumed air coming in. Like, no, please stay. It's easy. Um, I will say I've never been to Hershey Park. I've wanted to go. Um, so, I mean, Hershey, Hershey World, Hershey Park, all the stuff. And But for some reason, growing up, one of our Christmas ornament sets were the Hershey Park, like little, like, I don't know if it's from like the 80s or something, but these like little figurines with like little chocolate pieces that I always mm. thought just looked so delicious and I wanted to eat, but they were not edible, sadly. <laughs> um, as a child, I found that out. But anyway, yeah, I've always wanted to go. So cool. Okay. I think next I am going to talk about Hawk Mountain. Cool. Yeah. So Hawk Mountain, which is in Kempton, PA, it is known as the world's first refuge for birds of prey. It's a 2,600 wildlife sanctuary, 2,600 acre wildlife sanctuary in Pennsylvania. And they do conservation education. They do tours. They have sometimes like these like um, events with 
birds of prey and bald eagles and things. But more importantly, every year they gather to kind of like watch, um, watch for hawks. So basically right now, um, you can go to the North lookout from now until December to take in views of the mountain and the hawk migrations. So they, they really take it seriously too. this raptor migration. They're on hawk watch. Like you go out and you just are birding and learning about um, raptors of North America. And yeah, it's really, it's really awesome. Go up cool. to Hawk Mountain and, and one, great views, two, bird watching. And yeah. yeah, you might be able to take in some really cool events too. So I think that's, that's awesome. That is cool. I would, I know that, um, bird watching is very big down here in Florida. Um, and I can only imagine up North, I'm sure there's just, I would say from migration purposes, they, they would have a, a wider influx of different varieties of birds. Yeah. And but, even bald eagles. Um, there's, I actually started, I don't know when, maybe it's like during the pandemic, but I started watching that bald eagle pair that's in like, um, I think it's out in maybe like Lake Tahoe or something. No, Bear Mountain or something. And they just have this live cam streaming constantly of this mated pair of bald eagles. And mm. I love it. And I think I would love to go to Hawk Mountain and just look for look for little friends. So, mm. yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Cool. Nice. Um, well, my final one also has to do with nature. It is the scenic wonder known as the Delaware Water Gap. And uh, like I said, growing up in Hackettstown, New Jersey, Delaware Water Gap is the, it runs along the border of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And this is the place to go. I feel like it's one of those things where if you ever see, cause there's like a congruence of the mountains and then the sun sets like right in between it. Okay. Um, there's just cliffs. Whenever you're driving into Pennsylvania, you see people like rock climbing and bouldering. There are hiking trails. Uh, again, people are whitewater rafting. There are a lot of lower level rapids, um, fishing, bird watching. And uh, yeah, you can do, you can kayak, you can hike in the area. There are tons of different overlooks. And it's just a really great way to get outside, be in nature, and um, really, really just beautiful area overall. That's awesome. I think I've passed by signs of it because I used to, I would like drive through PA to, you know, go go east. But yeah, Delaware, was it Water Gap? Yeah. Is, is a gap that kind of like formation to where like two mountains come together? Is that like a normal thing that, okay. Yeah, and then the river runs through it. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, my final location is interesting. I would love to visit. Um, it's the Pagoda in Reading, or Reading, Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. And it was built over a century ago in 1908. And it was originally intended to be a luxury hotel. And it was supposed to resemble the pagoda pagodas of castles in japan and it just never really i don't think ever came to fruition as a hotel but you can um you can go visit it's on the south end of mount penn and it's anchored to the mountainside and it's just absolutely gorgeous and just stands out it's kind of like one of those you know um not really an oddity but like why is this here in the middle of pennsylvania <laughs> this is fascinating this giant pagoda you can 
actually do some bird watching there as well. I saw they had some um, notes on Hawk Watch. So if you want to take in some birding, you can go there. Uh, I saw that right now there were some notices about temporarily closed, but it looks like you can visit. So just make sure to check the website to um, get visiting hours. But yeah, the the pagoda is really cool. And if you're not familiar with what that kind of structure is, it is like a tiered building with different, you know, different levels and um, little like, I wouldn't say like scallop roofs. Like I'm not sure how to accurately describe it, but it's just a cool giant structure that you need to see for yourself and is very reminiscent of Japan. So um, you can swing by there. I will say my runner up was going to, I I mean, the home of Puxatani Phil, Gobbler's Knob. Is that <laughs> you say it? <laughs> is that it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just feel like ha, we talk about it every year. We, ne- yeah. we always talk about yeah. the, not the man, but the, <laughs> but the, the little uh, groundhog, the whistle pig. Um, so, yeah, why don't you head to gobbler's knob where i think there is actually a gift shop and a little museum all about puxatani phil and if you're not familiar with with mr phil he predicts whether or not the what is it six weeks of winter yeah mm-hmm. yeah if we're yeah. gonna so yeah I did, poor guy I, gets yanked from his his little hole there and he's yeah, which... like struggling to wake up and then see a shadow and he's like ah the sun and like all these photographers and it all as a child i thought they would actually go out into the wilderness and find a groundhog and be like okay we're gonna see what they do but no they're just plopping this little guy into a fake tree and then taking him out it's i i I think the magic has been lost but still might be worth visiting (laughs) yes no definitely that was one of my favorite movies too growing up with the yeah what a gem Absolutely. I did you see the um the theory about that one man, I forget the name of the character where he said watch out the steps of doozy, um where he steps in the water. There's some I love like random fiction theories, but like how he's the devil or something because he's the one orchestrating this torture for for him. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Okay. Um So yeah. Well, yeah, so that I feel like uh, we hit a couple of really great spots, and we're going to include a ton more places to visit essential road trip stops in Pennsylvania in our map. And that map we are going to put into our Only in Your State article, also drop it in the show notes. So you can customize your own trip and pick and choose. It's like a choose your own adventure in Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, I will say that the map and the companion article is going to have a lot more information. This is like our audio version is a bit of a tease. If you really want to see all that there is to do, check out the passport, check out the map and just kind of, yeah, build your own itinerary, like you said. So make sure yeah, to check it and out. The, and the, the playlists you're churning out are, uh, yeah, love them. Love I'm excited. That. Can't uh, have a road trip without a playlist. I mean... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like Ohio and Michigan, like the just to give you insight, the playlist that I'm curating for these road trips are based on the state that they're in. So either was the music produced there? Is the artist from there? Is there something that's just like related to the state? So we'll try and get a good one out for Pennsylvania and see how we uh see how we feel about it. 
If you're up for an audio adventure, we will be exploring the best stops in your state through season three's exploration challenge. We'll be trekking across the United States with some quintessential stops in your home state. So make sure to like, follow, or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever listening platform you use.